You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Uh, special guest in a sec. Shout out to the Miller Lite Bar of the Week. And this is what I've been to many times. It's a great bar in Philly. I love this place. Shout out to Oscar's Tavern. Uh, today's Miller Lite Bar of the Week is... Oscar's Tavern in Center City, where you can watch all Phillies games with $3 Miller Lite Pint specials. Check out Oscar's Tavern on Facebook. Oscar's is an awesome place. All right. Uh, what a pleasure. I mean, Jack and I, uh, you know, just a couple of idiots doing a podcast. And, you know, we get to talk to a Major League Baseball player who, like, you know, appreciates us. And, and when he's in town, he's like, yeah, sure. Like, we love you, Mick. Mickey Modiak, our guy, like our the official baseball player of the IOPS podcast, whether he's a Philly or not, um, took some time to talk to us. Take back coming up in a few, but uh, we hope you enjoy this. I know he's the enemy for three days, but I'm I'm pretty sure everyone who's a member of the IOPS community is is always going to be a fan of this guy. So uh, here's uh here's our guy Mickey Modiak joining us a little bit ago. All right, it's our distinct pleasure to welcome back to the podcast multiple time guest friend of the pod he may be playing for the angels right now but he will always be the favorite baseball player of this podcast nowhere no matter where he is our guy crushing it out in la no big deal Shohei otani tells people i play with mickey moniac <laughs> what up fellas now, I mean, I, again, I I told you this this morning, but if you need me to organize a standing O and, and and get the whole fan base ready to go, I got your back, man. It's gonna it's gonna be a good time. The the boy returns home. I don't know about all that, but but definitely excited to be back for a few days, and uh, yeah, it should be fun. Should be good seeing everybody, and you know, being back to where it all started. Well, I'll tell you yeah. what, Citizens Bank Park's a little different than the uh, than the last time you were around. Well, well Mick, let's that start right? with that. What, what? Yeah. Go ahead, bud. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, what do you got? What's different? What's, I was just going to say, like, I, I want to get to the Angel stuff and, and what it's been like out there. But but seeing the, from afar, like the standing ovations for Turner thing and, and how, you know, he's talked about it changing his season and all that. As someone who played here and, and saw what it was like and was back, you know, and saw that playoff atmosphere, what's it like to see that from afar and kind of see, you know, from the outside, knowing what it's like, you know? Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was incredible. I think, uh, you know, just watching the the playoff run that, that the boys had last year and, and, you know, just seeing how that fan base rallied around the, the guys during that, that whole run to the World Series was uh, – you know, something that, you know, when I got drafted, I dreamed of being a part of. And, you know, obviously that didn't happen. But but being able to watch it and, and see, you know, all the guys that I grew up with, all, all of uh, some of my closest friends, you know, still to this day, be able to experience that is uh, was special. And, and uh, you know, just kind of shows what, what the Philly uh, fan base is, is all about. And, you know, what I knew it was all about, um, 
you know, just had to, had to get some winning involved. And, and once that happened, it was, uh, it was awesome to see it. And then obviously, you know, watching, you know, watching what they did for Trey rallying around him and, and now kind of seeing him go on that, that surge and, uh, be the Trey Turner that, that they signed is, uh, it was super cool to watch for sure. Now, obviously, we'll, we'll we'll get back some Phil stuff, but man, you're, you're killing it out in LA. How's it? How's it been? I mean, like a big kind of like weight lifted off your shoulder, and now like just watching from afar, it, it just seems like you can just go out there and play. Um, what's what's it been like as an angel? It's been great. You know, I think um, you know as much as I would have liked to to be doing this in Philly, I think uh, a change of scenery was good for me, and and um, you know just kind of getting a fresh start. Um, obviously didn't play the way I wanted to, uh, for the fills and, and, uh, I'm grateful for, for every second that I got to spend there and, and all the developing development that, that I did there. Um, you know, I don't think that, that I'm doing what I'm doing right now without everything that went on, um, you know, the seven years I played in Philadelphia and, um, you know, coming through the minor leagues there. So, uh, it's been fun, man. I think, uh, like you said, just going out and playing baseball, trusting myself, having confidence in myself and, um, you know, I've always knew, known it was in there. It's just uh, just took a little bit to, to come out. Yeah, and, I mean, it, it helps your plan with, you know, Shohei Otani and, and Mike Trout. Like, I mean, James and I are, are baseball geeks, and, like, our, our, our bands are all geeks. Like, I mean, can you explain to us, like, what Shohei Otani is? Honestly, I, I honestly don't think I can do that because uh, – <laughs> It's one of the most impressive things that I've ever gotten to watch uh, on a baseball field. You know, I've been fortunate enough to play with a lot of really good players, you know, in my short career so far. And, and uh, you know, just for me going out there and getting ready for the starter, you know, every day. And, and uh, you know, that's tough enough. But, you know, when he's he was going out there every fifth day, getting ready to, to face, you know, an opposing lineup and dominate them and then go out there and get three hits and maybe a homer or two. You know, I've seen some of the crazier – crazier feats that have been accomplished in this game firsthand so uh it's something that i'll be able to tell my kids about you know i think the one in particular that stands out was when we were in detroit you know going out there throwing the complete game shutout and then going oh, yeah. out to two homers and yep i was watching that on um i was that it was like during the day i was home i was watching that as it happened i'm like geez louise man it's ridiculous he's not of this planet it's uh yeah, I mean, it's something I'm going to tell my kids about. That's that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, I think you're playing with the greatest baseball player of all time, personally. Like, that's I, like, I, like I don't even know how you can argue it. You know, you can say other people have had better careers, but in terms of just like pure talent, like the best ever. Mick, I wanted to ask you talked a little bit before about kind of getting a fresh start in in Los Angeles, and I I've always found that interesting as someone who doesn't play the game. You always hear that with. You, you, I mean, you were the number one pick in the draft, you know, like a top prospect. You always hear that with top prospects who sometimes don't get the opportunity somewhere or it doesn't work out and they, they go somewhere else and succeed. It's like, oh, they just needed a fresh start. Like, like how real is that? Like that is that something that is is like tangible to you? I think it's very real. real. Um, you know, I think a few things go into that. I don't think it's just like I think when you say a fresh start, I think there's a lot that that goes into just that statement right there. I think for me, it was, um, you know, when I was with Philly, I, there wasn't a, a real long leash for good reason. And, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't validate um, getting everyday opportunities to play. I think, you know, there was a lot of money on the field. 
uh, the team was built to win now. And, and, you know, obviously we saw that last year making the, the World Series run. And, um, you know, for me, it, it, it took a little bit to get comfortable. It took a little bit to, to kind of feel confident in the box in the big leagues and facing big league pitching and, and kind of just slowing the game down. I think for me, it, it came with reps. And um, so in that sense, coming over to Anaheim uh, last year, not really in a playoff hunt kind of just had a little bit longer of a leash to go out there and get every day at bats and, and kind of fail and learn and, and figure out how to how to hit in the big leagues, you know, what I need to do on a daily basis and, and uh, kind of just refine an approach up there was something that I needed. And, and um, you know, unfortunately that that uh, opportunity wasn't given in Philly for good reason, like I said, and, uh, you know, no ill will towards anybody over there. You know, I think I'm always grateful for the time that I spent over there, the people that I met, um, you know, that whole, that whole journey, like I said, led me to, to here. And, and then on top of that, just being back in California, hour away from home. Um, you know, I tell the story when I got traded, I, uh, the travel guy, Tom Taylor with the angels called me and was, uh, he's like, so we're going to fly you into orange County. And at the time my car was at my parents' house. So it's like, I was like, I think you can just fly me to San Diego and, and I can just pick up my car and drive up. And I remember that once once I asked that, I was kind of just set in and then, you know, had my girlfriend pick me up at the airport in San Diego that next day and, uh, you know, got my car and drove literally an hour to the stadium. You know, the same mm. drive that I made a hundred times when I was a kid going to travel ball tournaments up north in Orange County. And um, it was just a surreal feeling just – I remember driving by Angel Stadium on a, you know, always in awe of it. You know, was, never went there as a kid growing up, but always drove by it. And, you know, it, was, it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's right off the freeway. It's right there. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was something that was pretty cool. I remember driving up to the stadium and, and just kind of being like, wow, this is, I'm going here to work now. It's not, yeah. it's more in the awesome. big leagues. And I think, uh, yeah, just a lot of things going into, to, you know, the so-called fresh start was, was, was huge for me. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, obviously, I mean, you were, you were, you were hitting tanks earlier this season out there in LA. I mean, where'd this power come from, man? Like you were like, what, 140 pounds when we drafted you? Oh, about 142, maybe soaking wet. No, I don't know. Hey, listen, I hit six in spring training last year. People forget that. People forget. Well, that. and you broke your wrist. You well, listen, listen. Ryan Yarbrough is still like Ryan Yarbrough is still enemy number one of this podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like time, uh, Trent Thornton. Trent Thornton hit Bryce in his first year here, and and Bryce is a little gimpy. Uh, John Lennon broke Utley's hand in 07. He'll always oh, yeah. and, and and Ryan Yarbrough. Ryan those are the three guys who I can't stand. Yeah, Blake Snell. If uh, if if the Phillies hadn't have made the playoffs last year, Blake Snell hadn't had had his run. Like Blake Snell would be right on that list too. We remember them, Genesis well, Cabrera. Well, because like, dude, like, I remember all this. The game, the, it was the last freaking game of spring training, and it was in Tampa, oh, and you hit a home run. And you were white hot, like white hot all spring. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, was, we were uh, like, yes, Mickey. I'll never forget. It was like, no. Yeah. I remember it was it was the weirdest thing too because I had a feeling after my first at bat hitting that home run, I don't know what it was, but in the back of my head, you know, when you get those just like. <sighs> Something's not right. Like there's a bad yeah. feeling in the back of your head, and it was, it was a weird moment. But you know, it it happened and it sucked, and you know, just got to move on, learn from it. Yeah. And then obviously, getting hit again. Got got to Anaheim and got hit again. That sucked too. So and then got yeah, hit again last year. So. 
just stop getting hit. It was, uh, it, was uh, it was a roller coaster last year. So just yeah. grateful to be uh, to be healthy this year and, and luckily not getting hit in the hand three times. It's definitely pretty sweet. So. Oh my god! Yeah. Gosh. Well, I mean, listen, we are obviously happy for you, um, and it's been like it's just been a jo- like honestly, like, now the pressure's off. You know, at least here. Because, like, with you, it was like, that's our guy. Like, uh, he's our future yeah. here. And now it's like, hey, you can just go go cook elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like, so, unfortunately, we're not reaping the, the, the rewards of you going off. But it's okay. We are. Yeah, we're, we're just happy for you, man. Yeah, that's we all. We just want that's, you to succeed. Yeah. 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 And maybe man. someday you'll find your way back here, you know? Yes. And, yeah. let, and let me tell you something else, too, Mick. Seriously. Like, no joke, dude. Whenever you are done playing baseball in 15 years or whatever it is, like, you could talk about baseball, man. You're a good talker. Like, that's another, like, you know, whenever they offer those classes to active players, hey, you want to get in the media or whatever, you know, don't turn your nose at it, man. Like, you can really talk. So I thought about just it. Just throwing that out there, it. too. No doubt. Hey, nothing's off the table. Good. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> so I- I'm curious. Uh, obviously, you, like, you've been in the dugout with Rob Thompson. Um, obviously, Girardi took over at the beginning, or Girardi was the manager at the beginning of last year. What do you see from Rob Thompson? Like, are you are you surprised at, at at how well he's done since taking over for this team? Um, I mean, again, you were in the clubhouse with him. Not at all. Not at all. I think um, I think Topper's the perfect perfect guy for that group of guys. You know, I think he's a perfect manager, not only for the Phillies, but I mean, he can manage anywhere. He's just got that um, he's got that trust in in his guys. I think you know when I was over there, and, and even when I wasn't playing well. Um, you know, Tomper always made me feel like I could go out there and get four hits that night. Um, you know, he showed confidence in me, even though, even when, you know, I didn't deserve it at times, I think that's just the kind of manager. That's just the kind of guy he is. He's, uh, even keeled. He, you know, there's no panic in Tomper. It's, uh, you know, who he is is what you get. And and it's, uh, he's the perfect guy for that job. And, you know, when he got the job last year, that guy's been in baseball forever. And, you know, never got the opportunity to manage. And, uh, you know, I remember when when Girardi did get fired and and we got the the text that that Tomper was going to be the manager. I just remember being, um, you know, it was a weird day, obviously, because you don't want your manager to get fired. But um, I remember being, you know, pretty excited to see what Tomper can do. And, and, you know, just that first meeting we had with him uh, in the clubhouse that day. Uh, you could feel that that things were going to start changing, and obviously they did. I remember. I think we go on like a ten game win streak after Tampa took over. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Nine or ten, I think it was. Yeah, and it was it was it was on after that. So um, yeah, I'm excited to see him. You know, he's he stayed in touch with me. Uh, you know, reached out from time to time, and you know, he's always uh, always been in my corner, even when um, you know I was in the minor leagues and, and he was still the bench coach. So. It's uh, it's definitely really, really cool to see. Really cool to watch. Yeah, no, I, he comes on the morning show with us uh, once every other week, and he's like the nicest guy in the world, and he's so genuine. He gives you honest answers, like really yeah. honest answers. No um, and and obviously his story finally getting a chance at his age is amazing. One more for me, uh, Mick. You mentioned the guys early on. When you're talking about you know watching the squad last year and and the ovations in Philly and all that. Like you know, guys who you're you're best buds in the world, you know, guys you came up with, you know, seeing what, what Bryson, you know, Stott is doing this, this season, what Bomer's doing with those guys that you kind of grew up with or doing, like, what's that like to see? And, and did you know that they had it in them this quick? Like that Bryson Stott could go from what he was last year to a guy who's like among the, 
batting average leaders in the sport this year. Like, you know, how, you know, what's it like to see that from afar and, and could, and did you expect it to happen this quick? Yeah. I mean, I definitely expected it. I played with, I played with Bomer in, you know, that year in double A in 19 when he hit almost damn near 30 homers and <laughs> hit 300. And, you know, it was, I remember just being like that, that's going to play in the big leagues. I remember telling people, you know, he's one of the better hitters I've ever seen. And, you know, obviously he's doing what he's doing. Definitely not surprised by that. And then Stoddard, you know, I got to play a little bit with Stoddard, obviously the, um, the alt site, and then came up a little bit in 21 in, in, in Lehigh. And, and then, you know, 22 last year had a great spring training, obviously, and, you know, made the team and, and got off to a tough start. But that happens. You know, I think uh, I remember there was some like analytical stat, you know, I'm not a big analytics guy. I don't really pay attention, but someone brought it up and it was like, he was hitting a buck 80, but had some of the worst luck in baseball. Like he could have been hitting like 250, 260. So, you know, I think him getting the opportunity and just getting more at bats, it's obviously, you know, it's, it's baseball. Things are gonna, things are gonna turn, you know, if, if you just stay the course and, you know, he's done that. Um, yeah, but by no means am I surprised with what they're doing. You know, they're studs. Uh, it's been fun to watch, and uh, I'm excited to, to share the field with them again coming up, and even though it's in opposing dugout. For sure. Uh, yeah. Now, people people do forget. Uh, I know I know Bohm and Stodder. You know, they get a lot of credit. Uh, Veerling, part of the Phillies daycare. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. like, I mean, you were part of that. As, how did that? Oh, yeah. Like, how did that whole thing start? I think Schwarber was messing around with it one day, or maybe K-Long talking about, you know, I think one of the games, there was like six of us in the lineup that day. And it's like, oh, and I think like a couple of us did something. We won the game. And, and I think they were just joking around about, you know, the daycare won the day, like won the game today, the daycare this, daycare that. And then we kind of ran with it and, you know, we made shirts and, uh, you know, just kind of embraced it and, it was fun, you know. Obviously, you got guys like Schwarbs and and JT and Bryce, you know, veteran guys, and and then you had us young guys running around, causing havoc. Nick Maton throwing up Wolfie to every single person. <laughs> Nick, Nick Veerling, Bomer being the guy he is, Stoddard. Uh, you know, I think uh, it was fun. It was a good mix of of young guys and and older guys, and I think the the older guys. Um, they let us, you know, feel comfortable in that in that clubhouse last year, at least when I was there, and um, you know, kind of allowed us to be us and kind of mess around and and let the youth, you know, take over a little bit. And I think that's kind of where the daycare kind of comes from. Awesome. Now, people always talk about like Schwarber, and it's like, oh, well, he's batting one eighty, like this, one eighty, that, whatever. Like, how, and, and a lot of from the outside, it's like he's a great leader, whatever. Like what? What makes Schwarber like a great leader and like kind of changing that clubhouse around? He's just he's the same guy every day, and uh, you know he he wants everyone to be included. He wants you know the team to to be doing stuff together. He wants to bond with everybody because he knows you know when you make those deep runs in the postseason and, and he's been there a lot. You know you got to be tight. You got to stick together, and um, you know you win, you win, you lose. It's you play tomorrow, so. Um, you know, he was, uh, he was good, good at, you know, celebrating the wins and, uh, cause it's hard to win the big leagues. And when you do win, you should enjoy it, but also if you lose, screw it. Tomorrow's a new day. And, and, uh, 
you know, we got a game at seven o'clock tomorrow. Doesn't change that game. So um, I think just just having that presence, having the experience that he's had in the postseason, and and uh, you know, just being there, winning a World Series. Um, you know, I think uh, that was huge for us last year to to have him there. And, and uh, yeah, man, I think uh, you know when everyone everyone talks about him being a good clubhouse guy, I think that's an understatement because I mean he's his value to to a team is is uh, immense. You know, whether he's hitting a buck eighty, I mean he's hitting a buck eighty, but he's got thirty some homers and he walks and gets on base. It's just like you know. The, the, the old it's not us saying stats. it, Mick. It's not us saying it. It's no, people not. outside of, of us saying it. Yeah. Hey, and people, are, you know how it goes. Everyone's everyone's got their opinion and they're entitled mm-hmm. to it. But he's, uh, you know, I think um, he's playing. He's playing to to his contract. He's playing to to what the Phillies thought of him. And and uh, you know, I can't begin to tell you guys how much uh, how much he means to that clubhouse for sure. At least you know when I was there. And I'm yeah. sure still to this day. Uh, I'm sure. I don't think he's yeah. changed in the last <laughs> year enough. Uh, la- last one for me. So uh, you obviously play with Shohei. You play with Trout. But I know you're also in attendance for, speaking of Schwarbs, his 488-foot home run last or in, in San Diego last year. Uh, oh. Furthest ball you've ever seen live is is, is the Schwarber home run or what? You know, it might. I think show might have hit one four ninety something this year. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm sure Sorry. he did. I'm sure he Sorry, did. Swords, but uh, yeah, of course he did. Was, why, why not? Put it this way. Put it this way. I went to Petco Park growing up as a kid. You know, my whole life until I got drafted and went to a bunch of Padre games. And I was at one of the Dodger games. We were sitting up in right field, a little bit. There's like a little tunnel. We were kind of right above the tunnel for the game. And I remember someone nearby asking like, you think we're going to get a home run hit here? And I was like, no, never seen a ball hit here. I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe. And then, and then obviously was there for, for the, the series against the Phillies. And he went over that upper deck. So, I mean, mm. I, I, he did something that I didn't think was possible. And uh, I've watched a lot of, a lot of home runs been hit in that stadium. And, and that, that was by far the furthest one I've seen hit in that stadium for sure. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, the dude is just, I mean, set, when he gets a hold of one, like, really gets, I mean, even when he doesn't, when he, like, hits off the end of the bat, it finds its way out. But, I mean, when he really gets a hold of one, it is, it's majestic. It's unlike many things I've seen. Uh, Mick, seriously, like, we can't tell you how much it means to us to, to spend some time with us. And I say at the top, and it's true, you're our favorite baseball player. I apologize to all the Phillies. We love all our Phillies. They're all of them are our oh. second favorite. But you're our top guy. We're rooting for you. We're pulling for you. I'll be at the game on Wednesday. I'll be giving you a standing out. You can promise you that. Um, you're our guy, man. Thanks. Thanks for everything. We appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate you guys, man. All the support, everything. It's uh, it's good to talk to you guys again. It's uh, be good to see you guys. Hopefully, in the next couple days. Yeah, man. For yeah. sure. Now, take it easy, though. Like you know, we we, we gotta <laughs> like listen. We still uh. We're not knocked out of it yet. We're, no, you're yeah. not. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll do my best. Okay. <laughs> so everyone just does their best. Let's all go out there. <laughs> yeah. Everyone go out there and have a good time. All right, Mick. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate you guys. The best. The best. Plus, I didn't I, call him. I didn't call him Mickey Morandini at the end yeah. of the interview. So those guys proud of myself. You know. Didn't mess that up. Yeah. Um, I do like that the YouTube audience just saw you. What we do when we play interviews, which is like pause. Oh, for yeah, just the pause. 
five I, seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, twenty-seven minutes because I'm editing. So twenty-seven minutes in, got it. Gonna well, yeah, boom. well, yeah, can cut it. So it. Um, people listening, magic. You heard it that way, right? Um, but yeah, well, he's just. I, 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 I thought he had good stuff on the fills, and me too. Um, you know, I was curious. He could do he could do TV or radio someday. Like he's a really good talker. He's clearly a very bright guy. I think yeah, it was really interesting to hear him talk about the fresh start stuff and all that. Like he seems introspective. Like he's a, a good thinker. He's awesome, man. Like that's why we loved him originally. Like we rooted for him as a player. And we love the reason we loved having him on the pod is because you know we used to have all these. Not that we had many, you know, big time guests or anything back in the day. But you know, we would get like minor league guys on or whatever. We had Boehm on, and we had and not like any of these guys were bad talkers or anything, but they just weren't like super talkative or whatever. And Mickey came on and he was just like ripping off jokes and being awesome. We were like, our guy. Our guy. Our guy. Yeah. Um, uh, the YouTube commenters were all confused as to why that we stopped talking. Yes, so that's why I explained it. Okay. So that's why. So YouTube commenters, that's a little tease for you. You got to listen to the actual podcast and then you get the interview with Mickey Money. 